Welcome to Success Coaching with Eric Reed. This show is for you if you'd like to develop more strategic growth in your business and in your life, become more profitable, and develop the strategies to leading a happier, more balanced life. And now your host, Eric Reed. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome everybody. It is so great to have you here with us. Just moving a little, the mic a little closer. I feel like I've somehow drifted off, but welcome everybody and welcome to Success Coaching Radio. Wow, what a tongue twister this morning it seems to be. I guess it's because I'm excited about sharing today's call with you. And if you're new to our call or new to our show, welcome. So what we do is we get together for about 30 minutes on a Friday afternoon and share some principles about success and life. And, you know, I often started off with these things I'm thinking on. So these are some things that I'm thinking on or being taught by my coaches and mentors and those people that come into my life to help me grow business. And so I want to make sure I share them with you. Some of them you may take copious notes on and others you may sit back and relax and enjoy the story. So Whichever way you approach it, I'm glad you're here. And for those of you returning, and I can tell many of you are based on the call queue, thank you. It's always great to have a fun audience with us. Um, if during the show you need me, just you know, send a quick message through the portal. It's all explained there. Or afterwards, if you're listening and broadcast, something hits you and you need to know something, I'm always here for you. So with all of that housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into these things I'm thinking on, so to speak, or Let's start getting started. So I had wanted to talk to you about the seven universal laws or explain them as best I can. Now, understand that these teachings date back some 5,000 years to ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. You know, they've been shared by great minds and not so great minds if I'm included in the group, but they're sort of universal laws that have existed and that they guide everything. They guide every thought every teaching, everything practical and impractical. I mean, let's just assume that they're the rhythm of the universe explained out in some way. And so as I go through my day and as I go through the teaching and meditations and coaching that I do, I always reference back to these laws. And that's why I wanted to take a minute and just share them with you. Now, there are immutable, immutable laws. So immutable and mutable laws. And we're going to go through them. And at each law, I'm going to explain, you know, whether it's a mutable or immutable law, but mutable laws mean that they can be transcended or at least better used to create an idea of reality. They're sort of the laws that come closer to us, that we can see more regularly, that have these sort of there's sometimes maybe an exception, but not like an exception, exception, like every time you turn around, but you know, like, okay, I get it. I get it. And I can see how this one plays out. The immutable laws, man, those are stuck in stone. Those are written. Those can't be changed. They come from divine and great and beyond. They are those laws that, you know, are absolute, I guess you could say. They can never be changed or transcended. Whereas the mutable laws, we can sort of See how maybe two or three of them work together and an immutable and immutable law work together. Enough on that. I don't want to get you all caught up in the dynamics. I want to get you caught up in the understanding. And so we're just going to dive into the laws, and I'm going to share each law with you and sort of explain a little bit about it and then a little bit of a story. So law number one is the law 
of mentalism. I'm sorry about that. It's the law of mentalism. And it is an immutable law. And in short, it is all is mind. The universe is mental. Now, as one of my mentors teaches it, everything is created twice, first in the mind and then in the reality. That all things around us, physical things, you know, if you look at your table that you might be sitting at or the chair you're sitting on or the headphones you're wearing, those things were first a mental thought. They were a creative thought. They lived in the mental realm. And through the process of manifestation, they became physical energy. They became the table, the chair, the earphones. You know, when you think back to the Wright brothers, they had this mental image of flight. Now, the laws of flight had existed long before they turned it into an airplane. The laws of flight have existed forever. There was no beginning of flight. It was always those laws existed. It was the fact that they were able to harness that idea and combine it with those laws of flight that they were able to transform it into the airplane. And over time, we've continued to use mental imagery of how to make a plane bigger, faster, stronger, lighter. At one point, somebody said, I wonder if we could make a plane that could fly through the sky and nobody could see it. The stealth. Ah, wonder if we could have a plane that could, could break the sound barrier. Hmm, we did that, the Concorde. I wonder if we could have a plane that could go into outer space and then return. We did that as well, the space shuttle. So all things, the law of mentalism, all things, all things are in the mind first, the universal mind as well as our individual conscious mind. And they become real in the second. They're tra- that energy of mind is transformed into physical energy. The second law is the law of correspondence, and that is an immutable law. Again, one of the laws that stands above unchallenged by all the other laws. And the second law is as above as is below, as below is so above. It's a summary, the way I like to think of it, that all things are in harmony and agreement and correspondence. There is harmony and agreement and correspondence between the physical self and the mental self and the spiritual realms. Now, we as individuals live on all three levels, and we've talked about this in our Think and Grow Rich series, and uh, pretty much if you follow along with me on anything, you'll see that I always come back to this idea that we live in the physical self, we have the mental self or the emotional self, and then we have the spiritual self, and those things, when in alignment, work at their highest best. Napoleon Hill describes it within the, the, the relationship of, of sex in the sense that there is a spiritual connection, there is a mental connection, and there is a physical connection or the mental-emotional connection. And there's, there's no separation since everything in the universe originated from one source. Now, the grand overall design or, or God or whatever your belief is, there was that initial spark, that moment of all nothingness becoming everything. So everything originated from the one source. And the same patterns expressed across all planes of existence, from the smallest electron to the largest star, and the largest star to the smallest electron, all operate within that same laws, those same energies, that same principle that all is one. 
you know, it's said through the law of correspondence, um, as written on the temples in Delphi, know thyself and thou shalt know the mysteries of God in the universe. Wow. Know thyself and thou shalt know all the mysteries of the gods in the universe. When we understand the smallest of things, we see the biggest. And when we see the biggest, we understand the smallest. That everything operates under the same principles. That all things operate within those three realms of spiritual, emotional, and physical. Now, a teaching that I sometimes will give when I'm working with coaching clients is the idea that things happen to me, by me, for me, and through me. Now, at all times, the through me is in existence, but often because of our own awareness, we are stuck in the by me. Oh, things are always, you know, I I thought it and it became. Okay, and I did and it should. The cause and effect realm. Or we might be even further stuck in in the victim role of everything always happens to me. You know, when in reality, if we change our awareness and become more in tune with the understanding that this is happening for me, you know, it always rains when I want to play golf. Okay? Victim to me. But it always rains so that the grass is green on the golf course for me so I can enjoy the afternoon. Same event, different awareness. The law of correspondence. The law of vibration is number three. And it's an immutable law. Um, and it says that nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. And this is the last of the immutable laws, by the way. So the whole universe is but a vibration. And when you look at the desk or the chair you're sitting on, it is atoms and molecules and electrons and neutrons and all the things we are taught about in science vibrating at a particular rate in a particular way that holds its shape. And then it's been formed into the chair. But change that vibration and you change the chair. Take it back to elementary school. How fast are things moving when they're in the frozen format or in the ice form? Yes, they're still moving, but a very, very slow rate, a very small vibration. Begin to add heat or energy or vibration to it, and it becomes a liquid, and it changes, and then it becomes a gas and a vapor. We remember this from science, but yet we fail to see it in everything around us, that everything is in vibration. Everything is energy. Everything, everything is pure vibration. It's just at different frequencies. And so, you know, we've all heard that like energy attracts like energy. If you've ever had one of those tuning forks and you bang it against an object and you hear that vibration and then you move it to another tuning fork, even though it's set to a different vibration, it will begin to pick up that vibration and it will play that vibration. So that everything we experience with our five physical senses is conveyed through that vibration, that light, that sound, that taste, that touch. All of that is simply vibrations being processed by our minds into a mental image or a reference. So here becomes the question, if we can take that vibration of heat and sense it by our hands and then transfer it to a word, can our words not be transformed into vibrations and affect others? So those vibrations of love, joy, happiness, peace, acceptance, resonate out from us and affect all things around us, from the chair and the table to the person across the room to the plants. You know, I remember uh, once 
reading the study of how um, salt crystals, if you put them in, put salt in water, and then you hold the jar of water and you put negative energy or negative thoughts or negative vibrations to it, how different and mutilated the salt crystals form versus those that experience pleasant, happy, joyful vibrations. Why is this, why am I spending so much time on this idea? Is that if we understand that vibration is all that is and that they can be manipulated, that energy can be changed and transformed and slowed down or sped up or impacted by ours, then we begin to guard the words and the feelings we have because we are broadcasting vibrations all around us. Then it becomes our responsibility to monitor our broadcast signal, so to speak. So law number four is the law of polarity. Sorry, my early speech pediment was coming in. The law of polarity. Uh, It is a mutable law. And it says basically everything is dual. Everything has poles. North has south. East has west. Hot has cold. Everything has pairs of opposites. Opposites are identical in nature, but in different degree. So what does that mean? Well, let's go back to math class. You remember when we used started out and we drew the timeline 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and it went out to our right? And then our teacher had us start experimenting, going back to our left with negative 1, negative 2, negative 3, etc. Well, there stood in the middle, 0, all by him, little fellow himself. Nothing has an opposite except for nothing, or nothing has the opposite of everything, depending on how you anchor it. But next to 1, we could go back and see negative 1. Negative two, neg- positive two. Everything had an example. It was exactly the same. It was just the complete opposite. Things that appear as the opposite are, in fact, only the two extremes of the same thing. For instance, heat is the same thing as cold. It's just vibration at which it's function- functioning at. It's the degree, in some sense. We say that you know it's 100 degrees or zero degrees. But it really is that vibration, that energy that's contained within it. It's the exact same thing. The same applies to love and hate, peace and war, positive and negative, good and evil, and yes and no, light and dark, energy and matter. You can transform them between the two simply by your thoughts. You know, I may feel a certain way towards an individual, but that is a feeling controlled by my thoughts. And if I can control my thoughts, I can control that feeling. I can change fear to courage (coughs) simply by raising the consciousness and the vibration around it. You know, there have been over and over, you know, firemen rushing into buildings to save children where most of us would be fearful. Their focus was on something different and they turn that fear into courage where prisoners have been released and gone back and hugged their jailers because they were able to change a thought. So if you are feeling one way today, or if you're experiencing one thing today, understand the opposite exists within your ability and within your control. And you can get there on your own. You just have to change your perspective, change the energy you're focused on. If you're feeling hate and every thought and every vibration about you is that, slow it down. Transform that vibration. Transform that thought. Focus on the opposite end and you'll be drawn to it. You can rise above the law of 
plurality. The principle of duality may appear to be real in your life, and it operates in the physical and mental realms, but not in the spiritual realm. Interestingly enough, that in the spiritual realm, all things are one. You know, it, it, the, the, the idea that God is above the opposite. That when God, the great spirit, of which all things are a part of, he is all good, all kind, all loving. So look beyond the physical. Look beyond the emotional and look to your higher being, to the beginning source, to the great source. And understand that all things work to the good. All right? You know, the person that you're not getting along with in your life, that's a you thing. That's a physical, emotional thing. Move into the realm of understanding why that person exists. Understand that that person is you in a different form, a different energy, a different place, a different speed. And when we start to do that, it becomes very hard to hate somebody. If we accept that all things are the same things, just vibrating at different levels, and we send that hatred energy towards someone else, we're really sending it to ourselves because the hate exists out there as well on the spiritual level. All right? So number five is the law of rhythm. It is one of the mutable laws, as I said. Everything flows out and in. Everything has its tide. All things rise and fall. The the pendulum swings in both directions, so to speak. Now here, because of where I live, I get to see the tides. And it was odd the other morning. I was driving home after dropping the kids off at school, and there's a very, very shallow part in the bay. You know, it's not often that I see that much of the bay exposed that far out, so to speak. And I thought, wow, there's got to be some great clamming going on there. But I also realized that, wow, the tide must be really low today. And as we crest into the change of the seasons between spring and summer, fall and winter, the Earth's orbit and the moon's pole, all of those rhythms came into effect and created that moment that I was able to understand. And having that awareness that all things work in rhythm, we can also begin to accept that all things work in rhythm in our lives. You know, great empires and business cycles and emotional cycles and physical cycles and financial cycles all have a rhythm. And that where we stand now is not where we're going to stand in an hour from now or in a year from now. That all things have a rhythm. All things in nature have a cycle. Spring does become summer. And summer does become fall. And fall does become winter. And within there are microcycles and micro-microcycles. Our joy can become sadness and our sadness can become joy. Our wealth can become poverty and our poverty can become wealth. You know, the man that has the most shoes doesn't necessarily reflect the wealthiest man. So how do you rise above the rhythm of the law of rhythm? Because it is one of the mutable laws. So therefore it can be mutated or manipulated. Well, to transcend the swing of the pendulum, you must first become aware of the subtle art of the back and forth moment. You must become aware of the rhythm of things in your life, whether it's in your house, your health or your finances or your emotional or your, your relationships. You have to tune in. You have to wait and watch and listen carefully. 
And when you begin to discover that law, that, that rhythm and that law of the rhythm, then you can begin to say, ah, the pendulum is at the top. It's preparing to move back. How can I be ready for it? Now, as many of you might know, I uh, still work in the real estate industry, but um, it's a great example of how the housing market was a boom, then a bust, and back to a boom, and there was a buyer market, and then a seller market, and then a buyer market, and all of this. So how do you become wealthy since we do talk about success and we are seeking financial success in our lives as well as emotional and spiritual success? Well, by studying and looking and learning and listening and being ahead of where the pendulum is. The pendulum's downward motion is a benefit to somebody. Now, if you're in tune with it, guess what? It gets to be a benefit to you. And vice versa, it's pendulum swinging up, buy low, sell high, sell high, buy low, depending on which one you're at. If you know that somebody's emotional swings and how they behave, give them the time and space to experience it and be there at the other side when they need you most. Your perseverance will reward you as the backward movements become less negative relative to the impact on you. The pendulum is going to swing back and forth regardless of who's standing around it. It doesn't know different. It's just operating within the law of the rhythm or law of rhythm. But your position, you can be on the receiving, you can be running in advance of it, you can be standing waiting for it to return to its high point. That's because it's a mutable law. You can begin to use it. Now, law number six is the law of cause and effect. Every cause has an effect, and every effect has a cause. Sorry. Um, In accordance with this law. So every effect you see in the outside or physical world has a specific cause, which can originate from the inward or mental world. Remember, we talked about thoughts or things and Words have energy and the law of mentalism. So if every cause and effect occurs simply because we thought it to be and then it became, or, you know, why is my tire flat? This always happens to me. Well, that's the cause. Now, what was the effect? Did you drive through a construction zone? Did you fail to properly maintain them? Did you bump into the curb far too often? Ah, so it didn't happen to you. It happened because of you. You just didn't see it or weren't aware of it. You didn't take time to think through how your mental, emotional created something in the physical world. And vice physic, the, the, the effect has a cause and we have to simply look at it. So if the finances you're living in aren't what you want, let's go back and figure out where you spent your last dollar, your last bonus check, the money that was intended for savings that didn't get put there. If your business isn't growing at the rate you want, then let me ask you, who's on your lead sheet that you didn't call back? What were the fears and emotions that stopped you from taking that action that we knew was going to have an effect? All right? So your intentions are instantly created. And if you want to rise above the cause and effect, you have to apply, you know, the idea that the spiritual and mental and physical universe all operate simultaneously. And in conjunction, as we talked about, the law of correspondence and the law of plurality. I'm just going to give up on that one today. I don't know why it's, why it's uh, stumbling me. But we have to accept that the spiritual, mental, and physical exist at the same time. And that the spiritual plane, cause and effect, are instantaneous. And they will appear inseparable. 
So when you're on the spiritual way, if you stay in that mode, if you seek in the spiritual plane, you shall see it almost like, boom, now, here. Whereas the other planes, the physical and the emotional, it does happen, and it takes an effect. But remember, there are other forces and other mentals and other physicals working against you. Whereas in the spiritual, it is all one. So we've talked about in the past creative visualization, affirmations, journaling, vision boards, all these things that we create both in the mental and the physical world in order to help bring that unity, bring that alignment, that manifestation of same together. And then prayer is that third element that we bring it into. Do you meet with your vision board in that physical form and that emotional or mental attachment and bring it before your, your God so that it is realized above as it is below. Do you go at it with persistence and perseverance? Because remember, we have to transmute that energy against all other energies until it becomes so in sync with ours that it begins to vibrate at the level we need it to for it to be attracted to us. Like attracts like. Things do materialize in the physical world through perseverance, through practice, through continued concentrated effort. And Napoleon Hill would say, when we attach that energy of desire to it, man, it vibrates at a whole different level. That energy takes off at a whole different thing. And the seventh law is the law of gender. And it is the last of the seven universal laws. And it says gender is everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. It's a mutable law. And it's, in, you know, it's evident throughout all of creation. The idea that opposites attract, think of opposites as energy. You know, all plants. I didn't know this at first. And as I grew up, I didn't know we used to have in our front yard uh, a holly bush. And it never brought about berries. And my mom was somewhat frustrated because she always wanted to trim the holly bush and have holly bush and berries for the Christmas out, you know, decorations. That was my mom. And she was told, oh, you have a male holly bush. You need to get a female holly bush and then you'll have holly berries. Like there's male and female trees. Well, there are in a lot of species, but there are male and female trees or plants or genders within the plant itself. Within the, you know, we have positive and negative electrons. We have north and south poles. I know it sounds like the law of opposite, but it's more the law of gender. Each has its own quality, each has its own texture and feeling, and it's its own expression. You know, it's sometimes referred to that feminine qualities are those of love and patience, intuition, kindness, whereas the masculine qualities are energy and self-reliance and logic and intelligence. Is one better than the next? No. Is one stronger than the next? No. I have seen love conquer where muscle and might could not. I have two kids. I happen to have a boy and a girl. So I see this law all the time, the way they respond, the way they react, the way they are. Man, it's DNA. It's coded into their genetics. It's coded into their biology, a part of who they are. But also know that within every woman, latent qualities of a man, and within every man, those of women. And that when needed, you can call them up each equally into your into your beingness. You know, it's said that uh, that these laws, this law of gender expresses itself when it's needed most. Tender-hearted fathers and warrior women mothers. 
that the law of gender exists and we must recognize it and honor it. And when we live outside that gender that we were designed to be is when disharmony and, and confusion and we give away part of our natural power. So the law of attraction is part of the law of equalization. It's part of that. You know, you'll notice that the law of attraction is not specifically mentioned as one of the seven universal laws. It doesn't diminish its importance. It simply says the law of attraction is based on all the laws of the universe, both the law of polarity and rhythm, the law of gender, all of it. So as you move through your day and as you begin to understand these and look at these, and you know, if you want to study more into them, there's a great book, The Science of Being. It was first written by... Uh, uh, it's like 1923, I think. I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm sorry. I can't see my bookshelf from here where it is. But understand that the laws exist not to harm us. They're neutral. I always say the universe doesn't care to, about you. It only responds. And so these laws that I shared with you are what the universe is operating on around you. And to become successful, learn these laws, tap into these laws, see these laws, identify these laws at play in your life. And then begin to use them to build your success. Well, I appreciate you joining me today. I know that was a pretty deep and big one. Uh, so if I can help you unpack these laws, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I am always here. And I will see you next Friday as we continue Success Coaching Radio. Till then, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to ericgreed.com. That's ericgreed.com. And like us on Facebook, slash Eric G. Reed Success Coaching. Join us next time for Success Coaching with Eric Reed.